Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in a new series we began just last week. It's the Sermon on the Mount as we find it in Matthew's Gospel, comprising chapters 5, 6, and 7. Pastor Jim is going to hone in on verse 3 of chapter 5 this week. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those are the words introducing the first beatitude that Jesus taught from the top of a hill on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. What does Jesus mean by poor in spirit? Who are these people? Well, if you join us every day this week, you'll know the answer to that question, as well as in what specific way these people are blessed. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Come to God on His Terms. Now, there are people who have earthly blessings. There are people who are wealthy and who are also godly. There was, um, there was Abraham, there was Job, there were others in the Old Testament. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, the ones that took care of burying Jesus, they were materially wealthy. Matthew may have been fairly wealthy. He had a long career as a, or he had a career as a tax collector before he became one of Jesus' disciples. Uh, Philemon in the New Testament was, a, was a, a wealthy man. It's possible to be wealthy humanly speaking, and spiritual. But that's the exception rather than the rule. And likewise, a person can have absolutely nothing by way of earthly possessions, but be the opposite of the attitude described by this word because there's a lot of people who have no money and they are money lovers. All they think about is how to get money and how to how to maintain things. And their possessions own them rather than the other way around. So, Jesus says, blessed are those who are recognizing that they are beggarly poor, and then the next phrase, in spirit. What does he mean? Well, he's telling us what kind of poverty he's talking about. Not the realm of things on earth, but it has to do with the spirit, the inner man, the real you. When I was... um, working on the uh, materials that I wrote for training pastors and missionaries and church planters over in Russia. One of the courses they asked me to write was on training leaders and leadership development and leading to ordination and all of that. And I, and I found out um, by people who had spent a lot more time there than I had that the Russians primarily used one passage as their... Um, part of God's Word that they use to define who do we think is worthy to be a shepherd of the flock? Who do we think is the kind of person we want to lead others? And the passage that they use, interestingly, not from 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy or Titus or Paul's word to the Ephesians elders, they do get around to those. They go to Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2. And it gets right to the core of what Jesus says is essential for you to be a member of the kingdom of heaven. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord, 
Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus, all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look. And the implication is, this is the one that I look upon with favor. To this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. God was reasoning with Isaiah and having Isaiah pointed out to Israel that the place that he would choose to dwell wasn't a building. It was with the person of humble heart, the one who is contrite about his sin. Now put a bookmarker there because that's the second, the second of the Beatitudes, contrite about sin. Our, our fallen nature teaches us to be proud, to be selfish. The Spirit of God teaches us to recognize we come to Him first and foremost recognizing that we are beggarly poor. Want to see it in contrast? Proverbs 8.13, the Lord says, Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. James 4.10, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will exalt you. You come in humility. You come realizing you don't bring anything to this party. You're the one with all the needs. Or maybe you want to consider the words of Jesus when He dictated those letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation and uh, things weren't all hunky-dory in all of them. He calls for them uh, in many cases to, to turn around. Look what He says to the pseudo-believers in the church at Laodicea, Revelation three sixteen and 17. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold. You know, you could be zealous for me. You could just reject me. You're in between. You're claiming to believe, but you're not acting like it. So he says, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I have a feeling I might know what passage John Newton read the day before he wrote um, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You've got to come understanding God is not saying, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope he finally believes in me. I could really use him. We need people like that. No, he's being merciful to the sinner. Now, look at the content of this blessing. Who is blessed? The one who recognizes is beggarly poor. What does the blessing include? See, I told you we'd get all the way to the end. We're going clear to the end of this verse today. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The pronoun there is very significant, the word theirs. 
Greek has a way of doing something that we don't do in English. Their uh, verb forms include um, person and number. And so you don't have to have a pronoun. You, can, you include it with the verb. Often they add unnecessary pronouns, or you might think they're repetitive, but the point is they're there for emphasis. And such is the case here. Theirs and theirs alone is the kingdom of heaven. No one else will ever take part in the kingdom of heaven. Like he's going to say later in this chapter. To those who believe that they were righteous, you need a righteousness that totally exceeds what they have. You need a righteousness you can't achieve. You need something that only a beggar could receive. Now, this time, there is a verb included. Not only the emphatic pronoun, there is a verb included. The word is is also significant. It means that this is a present possession and a continuing reality. Jesus is not saying, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and someday, way off in the future, I'm going to give you rest. No, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs right now is and always will be the kingdom of heaven. Yes, it's future. There's a great blessing in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven itself as a literal rule on earth, that comes after Jesus comes again. But the fact is, for a Christian, there is not one millisecond that the kingdom does not belong to you. You are already part of it. Remember, Colossians chapter 1, you have been transferred, you've been delivered rather from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of His dear Son. Present tense, right now. Remember, pointed out last time, how Matthew put his gospel together and he, and he, and he reached back and, and, and talked about the, the ministry of John the Baptist and how John came as the forerunner of, the Christ and, of Christ and what he preached and then what Jesus preached. Matthew 3, 1 and 2. Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was about to introduce the king. So turn to the king. That's repent, turning, changing. Then Jesus comes along after Matthew has explained the ministry of John the Baptist and then Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Matthew 4.17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I pointed out to you, and I need to remind you, that the way Matthew arranged his gospel is not strictly chronological. It's logical. And the message of John the Baptist, the forerunner, is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message of the king is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then the way Matthew puts his gospel together, this sermon, which he um, puts early in his gospel, even though it came uh, a fair amount later after John the Baptist and after he began his ministry, it came about actually about the end of the second year of Jesus' ministry. This is Jesus expounding on what they mean by repent. Repent. From the days of John the Baptist, 
through the ministry of Jesus, through the ministry of the apostles. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.